we can't have everyone as our ideal customer. So one of the top things we need to do is figure out who we're serving. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I am giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I'm so excited to welcome you to another episode of the Small Biz Chat podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to do less marketing and get better results. And I have an amazing guest here today. Her name is Cindy Zulsdorf, and she is a former overworked marketing czar turned marketing and automation expert. And she's the founder of the agency, the Kokoro Marketing Agency, and she's the author of a brand new book called Seven Marketing Basics, and you can get more information about her at kokoroinc.com. Cindy, welcome. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thank you, Melinda. I'm so happy to be here. Oh gosh, you know, I I know we had so many scheduling snafus. I am so glad that we finally got it together so we can, you know, help my small business audience. You know, it's interesting. People ask me all the time, like, who's your audience? Who are your people? Well, I actually have two groups of people. So I have my folks that are side hustlers. Maybe they're still working their full-time job and they're trying to develop that plan to get free to start their own business. And then I have my folks that have been in business three to five years and they're like trying to see how to turn things around maybe, or how to finally work less. Because I think when we first start out in business, we just end up doing so much work. I mean, and, and we think, and we do that because A, we don't have the money to hire people at first, right? But we also do it because we kind of think nobody can do it as good as us. True, not true. Be the right thing for us to do. So, and I'm sure that that is true uh, when it comes to marketing, for sure. Like, there's a whole lot of marketing stuff you could stop doing yourself. And so, I'm really excited to have you here today uh, to really kind of talk about some of the things people could be doing. But the first thing I want to do, I want to wind the story all the way back. I want to hear your origin story. How did you become an overworked marketing czar, and what made you quit that and become your own boss? Oh my gosh, great. Thank you for asking. Okay, so I started out 
Well, I started out working in music stores. And so I did everything from make my own inventory system to, I don't know, just all the marketing there. And so that was a great way to start. I was working in Chicago and then skip ahead a little bit. And I was selling equipment to TV stations and I would do things like go to a trade show and stay up till 3am processing the leads and you know, just working over hard and felt like I was working 26 hours a day to get it done. Did that for quite a long time, doing sales and marketing and service in the high tech space. And then I decided to take a leap and start my own company, Kokoro Marketing. And I really started serving my former self, if you will. So I was serving other overworked marketers in the high tech space. And I started to build a little team and, and uh, um, walk the walk, like the things I was doing for my clients, I started to do for myself. And then people are phoning up all the time asking like, how do you do that? And can you give me some advice? And that turned into, hey, now we have two types of clients we work with. The folks who have a company, maybe just a few people in their company who need some help. And then the do it yourself. I want to do it myself. And so we like to help and serve both types of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how did you, I mean, what do you think are the number one reasons why small businesses fail with marketing or why they struggle so much with marketing other than the fact that marketing is now like super complicated, but other than that, like what are the, the common things you think drive people to sort of struggle with marketing? Yeah, such a great question, Melinda. So I was talking with someone two days ago and we got together and the woman has a great business, super great kind of health and fitness kind of thing that she's doing. And yet she feels like she's on that kind of hamster wheel running, running, running all the time. And she's got someone helping her with marketing, maybe a couple hours a week. And we got to talking about her situation where she's just trying to do all these things, almost like you're throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something sticks and works. And it's just crazy. She feels chaotic, right? And the person who's helping her a couple hours a week is, you know, she wants to head off and do her own work and her own art and stuff like that. And so we looked at, okay, let's dial down the chaos and look at what areas of your business need the most attention and start there Just start with one or two things. And so like in her case, we put in a system where if someone's interested in that health and fitness system, they can fill out a form and automatically get a few emails and text messages with um, helpful info and the next step on how to sign up. Instead of somebody doing that manually all the time, you can put in a system, reclaim your life, have a little time. So I guess my answer is people trying to do too much instead of just taking the couple things that work and starting and iterating from there. How do you feel about that? Does that resonate with you? I, I, it completely resonates. I do think people try to do too much. I also think one of the things that I see a lot of people struggle with is they try to do every social media platform, right? And I'm like, dude, listen, you probably just need one or two and you need to figure out which one or two they are by doing a listening strategy to find out where your niche target customer spends the most time online. And oh, by the way, before we do that, how about let's figure out who your niche target customer is? Because usually that's the biggest thing I see is people try to market to everybody. And I'm like, ah, wait a minute. If you market to everybody, that's like marketing to nobody. Right? And so I feel like when you think about marketing and small business owners, and I always say it this way, 
is that every business has the same problem, limited time and limited resource, right? So why not leverage your limited time by picking a specific group of people that you want to talk to? Matter of fact, a specific group of people who can best use your solution. How about that? Like, wouldn't that be a wild idea? You know what I mean? So it's like, when you tell people that, but but every small business owner, especially startup entrepreneurs, are so afraid to niche. Like they're so afraid. Correct, correct. They gonna miss something. And I'm like, listen, you want to be known for something. Like I'm known as the small business lady. If you want to talk to America's small business owners, particularly women business owners, you got to come see the small business lady because those are my people, right? I know them intimately. They trust me. You might want to come talk to me about the best way to talk to them. But again, I only do B to SMB marketing. I don't do consumer marketing. I don't do niche B2B marketing. No, I only do marketing to small business owners. That's what I do. That's what I'm best at. And I also happen to be, you know, have a brand with small business owners that reaches about 3 million entrepreneurs a year, a week. I mean, not a year, a week. <laughs> so the point is, it's like, you might want to come talk to me because like, those are my people. Right. But I, but I very early on said, okay, this is it. This is who I want to be. This is who I want to talk to. And worked really hard to become a resource to that audience. Like I couldn't sell those services until I became a resource to that audience. And by the way, that took two years. It took, and I, people ask me all the time, well, how did you get 300,000 followers on Twitter? One follower at a time. That's how I did it. And, and it took me two years working Twitter like a job, like nine to five on Twitter, interacting with people, sharing stuff, answering people's small business questions and, and, and giving personal anecdotes about myself. Like I told people, I said, you can't just be a little robot, like giving out business information. You have to actually share something about yourself. And this was before the selfie Instagram craze, right? Because we're talking circa 2008, 2009. So I'm, I'm dating myself, I know, but it's it was harder to share personal stuff. And now it's like, that's all people share is personal stuff and you barely get any tangible like business information, but whole nother conversation for another day. But that, that said, I wanted to ask you about when you say people try to do too much, is that social media piece part of it? Because I, I realize that social media has become the number one channel, right? Because everybody's on social media like all day, especially since the pandemic. But people are still doing too much and maybe not enough of the right things. Agreed, agreed. And for social media, I put together a little course called Social Media Basics because everybody's like, oh, I'm trying to do everything, right? And I'm like, okay, let's get down to some basics. And the piece you're talking about around authenticity makes so much sense because we have to be ourselves and not the sort of automaton and selling, selling, selling. It's like, be real, be of service, and then you get to work with people. Right. Like the so, <laughs> like social media is called social for a reason. You have to engage <laughs> human on human. Like you have to. Um, I mean, my favorite thing in the world is to meet somebody in real life yes, that I met I on social media, right? Because that's how I met you. We yes. met on LinkedIn. But yes. now, you know, I'm meeting you in person. And now it's like, we have a personal relationship mm. because I've now met you. And so I now I can now say, I know Cindy, and this is what I know about her. You know what I mean? So it's very different. It's almost being able to like to give a testimonial now. 
yeah yeah versus being like well, i've seen cindy's brand online i don't really know her though versus versus being able to be like oh no let me tell you about my friend cindy let me tell yes. you what she does so so i think yes. that that's that's important and i think people Can, forget that i so i just want to i want to offer a free resource to everybody on the show here because you're asking about how do you figure out what to do and not do too much? I made a free resource to help people with that. And so you can text, text me the word biz, as in small biz lady. So text <laughs> me the word biz. And it's 1-530-203-5703. I'll, I'll shoot that to you so you can put it in the show notes. And you'll get my free marketing master plan. And that's a great free resource to take you through how to narrow it down, which area of your business to work on first, find that hole or opportunity, and then choose something basic, one of the seven marketing basics to put in there and apply to it and start with that and then iterate. I'm like, I like if I were going to get another tattoo, it would say iterate because <laughs> iterate is it, man. Will that be one of them? positivity iterate I don't know some of those kind of cool things but iterate because it's like start with one thing and then grow it keep with it and grow it and make it work and make it help your people your tribe and then go from there so anyway I hope you don't mind me sharing that free resource oh no I'm glad I'm glad that you did I'm glad that you did and we'll definitely get it in the show notes but you made me think about something you made me think about Gary Keller's book the one thing and I'm like yes the make your one thing the one thing. And that's in marketing. That's like, what is the one thing you want to be known for? And what is the one platform you want to dominate? What is the one thing you know that is so unique and special about your business that is not easily duplicatable by your competition? What is that one thing? Like, I love that concept so much. So I'm so glad you reminded me of it. But let's talk, let's talk about your new book, right? Seven Marketing Basics. Tell me, um, I saw that it was an Amazon number one for marketing. Whoop, whoop. So tell me, what is the most important, like if you had to say, what are the top three things? I know there's seven things, but if you want to tell me what are the top three marketing tips that people should take away from your book, what are they? Yeah. So book and um, you can get it for free and just pay the shipping. If you go to my seven, the number seven, seven marketing basics book, Dot com or you can pick it up on Amazon whatever's easy for you I think free works I'm going to figure out how to get the free copy definitely but, um. <laughs> yeah. so what's the most important thing out of it okay I want to circle back to something you just said a minute ago Melinda which is we can't have everyone as our ideal customer so one of the top things we need to do is figure out who we're serving and so many small business owners especially starting out are super afraid they're like even i was talking to someone um this morning who's like oh i want to be sure we put everything in that email because we we don't want to omit anything and i'm like okay wait <laughs> let's actually instead pick the top one or two things and then go from there. And so that is a hard piece. And so doing that marketing master plan, it just takes like seven minutes. You go through that. And a piece of that is just identifying your top customer, which is people think it's hard, but it's not. Just think about the last five or 10 people you did business with, or that you want to do business with that were good, not the weird ones, not the outliers, but the people who you love. And that's your ideal customer. And maybe there's two or three like that. Absolutely. that is such a huge piece of it. And so that's number one. Let's figure out that one customer that you want to target. Okay. What are the other two? 
Okay. Um, one of them, uh, another one is to have a system in place. And so we can't all live by, you know, sticky notes and just jotting things down on our phone and whiteboarding it and writing on our hand. And I'll remember to call that guy. That does not work in the long run. It's not scalable at all. And, and we'll, we'll lose leads because we're human right? And we'll forget. I forget to follow up with someone if I don't put it into my system. So I'm a huge, huge fan of marketing automation and it can be real simple stuff. It doesn't need to be super expensive or anything like that, but at least some kind of system where we're keeping track of, of leads and we can follow up with them. And so that would be a huge one. And then if I'm going to give you a third one, make sure that there's an easy way for someone to raise their hand and indicate that they're interested with you, whether that means what I just did. Hey, SMS me this keyword. Of course, you'll be in my database and I'll send you some info and we can start a conversation if we want to. But it's now a really great way for you to raise your hand and say you're interested. And you can have that on your Instagram profile, in your email signature, if you're at an event, you're speaking on stage, um, have a pop-up on your website, just have places for people to come to you and say they're interested in working with you. Those kind of opt-in forms. Does that make sense to you? What do you think? It totally makes sense to me. And it's like, I, you know, I always tell people all the time, do not be anonymous. Like make sure people know how to contact you, especially on your website, because your website is your number one sales tool. Like I, I'm, I think I'm going to keep screaming that like till the cows come up, like, look, your website's really important. You got to make sure your welcome mats out and you got to make sure they know who owns the website, right? You know, make sure your contact, you got a contact form. Okay. Put an email address on that contact form and make sure it's an email address. Somebody actually checks. Like, don't just put people in a black hole, having them email you. Cause that nobody likes that. Nobody feel, wants to feel like they got to track you down to give you their money. Nobody wants That's to do that. That's right. Make it easy for them to raise a hand and say they're interested. Make it easy for them to take the next step toward purchasing. Make it easy for them to buy. Like make those things super easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now tell me, you told me that there's an interesting meaning for the name of your business, Kakaro Marketing. And I wanted you to tell me and the audience about that. Oh, I'm so glad you asked about that. It's just so near and dear to me. So when I started my company, I was thinking, well, what's a good name? And I'm thinking about local landmarks and different things. And finally, I was like, I love the word Kokoro because it means heart, mind, and spirit. And then a little piece of me is like, well, that's kind of corny, but I'm like, no, no, no. I really like that because um, it talks about heart, mind, and spirit, because I feel like when we're doing sales and marketing, we have to understand the people that we're selling to, that we're working with. And further, now that I have a team of five people, I want to understand those people and work with them. So I care about them and what they care about. And in marketing, all of our messaging has to be what the customer or client cares about, not about us. It's that whole what's in it for me. And I don't mean me. I mean, the people that we're talking with. And so that's what heart, mind, and spirit is all about. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that. And I even think the name Kakaro is like, cool. It's, 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 it's easy to say. So I love, love that. All right. So tell me about like a hard lesson that you learned in marketing that totally could have been avoided. I think I got 10 of them. I could tell you, but I'm right. interviewing you. So you have to tell me one. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh gosh, um, what should I choose? Uh, okay. So one of them is 
I am really, really loyal, which can be a great thing. It can also go bad. So I stayed in my last work situation before I started my company, probably a little bit too long. Like things were going a little sideways there and it just wasn't a fit anymore. And I knew that in my heart, mind, and spirit, but it took me a while to make a shift because it was scary. And I get so loyal, like I'm fiercely loyal. And so I guess that's more of a life lesson or business lesson than specific to marketing. But then taking it into my company now, um, when we've had people join our team, we have such an awesome team. I had a couple people join at different times where it just wasn't a fit and they're awesome people and it just wasn't a fit. And I learned faster to say, I wish you well and let's part ways and good luck to you and how can I help you? Um, so I guess that piece of it. And that also transitions into a final piece is working with customers and clients. Um, usually everybody's awesome to work with. And once in a while, I'll find a, a company where we start off and things are good. I want to say, I can only think of two times when this happened, but as we're progressing, it's not a fit with our culture, how they want to work and what we're doing. And so at that point, same thing, I need to wish you well and say goodbye and even give a refund if need be just to make everybody feel comfortable and make it all right. So yeah, transparency there. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely, I'm big on firing customers. Like, cause I'm like, look, I do not deal with people that don't value me or my team. Like, let me hear that's one of my customers, you know, manhandle somebody on my team. I super, mm -mm. super don't play that. Um, but it's important too. you know, I've been in business for 22 years. So I know what it is to hire somebody that, you know, you need to fire and you can't cause you personally really like them or, you know, their personal circumstance and how bad they need this job. And, you know, I mean, and, and I think all small business owners at one point or another, women business owners, especially, we fall into the trap of they've got two kids. I can't quit fire them. You know, it's like, no, you've got to make sure that you are hiring people that are the best fit for your job. And just like you can outgrow personal relationships, you can certainly outgrow work relationships. So I completely know what you mean by, you know, getting better at getting rid of dead wood faster. Um, or moving people into a position where they'll be happier and you'll be happier with them. Um, now, talk to me about your biggest day-to-day -day struggle. Because I feel like when it comes to marketing, marketing is like the thing that people do last. Whereas marketing is the closest thing you have to getting more money in your business. So I don't understand why we don't prioritize that and like schedule it maybe. But um, talk to me about your personal day-to-day -day struggles and how you fit time in to do marketing for yourself, right? You teach marketing, help people marketing all day, but then how do you market your business, Cindy? Yeah, great question, Melinda. And I would say that my business success really increased when I started walking that walk and doing the things that we do for our clients for my company for Kokoro. And uh, in my case, I just started little by little um, doing things myself and then assigning it to members of the team so they could help me. So it's a team effort and everybody's involved. So that's a piece of it. And day-to-day -day struggles. And let me say that probably the biggest struggle um, is that I'll have ideas in my head about how to do something and I need to communicate it to my coworkers so that it can get done or so we can collab on it. And I have one right now, this, this minute. So probably after this session, I need to, I talked to the client yesterday and we set up a kind of strategy thing on how they're gonna promote um, three of their upcoming trade shows. And I have an idea how to do that, 
but I have not communicated that to anyone on my team. And so I need to, I'm, I'm like, oh, can I get that into Asana, our project management in an easy way? Or do I have to think about it? And I'm my own worst enemy on that. So I have to get it out of my head and share it. Yeah, you end up being your own bottleneck in your business. Ask me how I know about that. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so tell me something. I know you've got to have a great story about how your seven marketing basics tip worked with one of your clients, and I'd love to hear it. Oh, yeah. So many good ones. Um, oh, my gosh. How to pick. Okay. So one of them is uh, we were working with uh, somebody who was giving technical papers, and they'd get on a stage, and um, they would either do virtual or in-person events. And they'd go to these events and they'd come back and I'd go, how was the event? Great. How many people were there? Oh, a couple hundred or 20 or whatever the number was. Nice. Can we, can we follow up with them? Oh, I don't have their names because I was speaking from stage and I don't know who was there. Oh, okay. So um, we did a shift around that where we said, okay, let's set up that SMS kind of like I just did earlier, you know, text me that keyword. And we set that up so that they could go and, and give a presentation and say, and if you want the slides or, and if you want this extra bonus info, text this keyword. And that kind of changed, it pivoted for them a lot of things to where when they went to the show, they could easily start a conversation and interaction with people right there. And now they're capturing leads instead of just showing up and talking. So that's one. Can I share one more? Yes, but we're getting tight on time. So oh. quickly, yes. Quickly. Okay. So we were working with a company that has some software and I asked him, what do people do right before they buy? And of course they download a trial. So we started driving all the marketing to please download a trial and then set up a nice automated follow-up so that if the salespeople didn't have time to call, they were still getting automated follow-up to help those people uh, make the most of their trial. I love it. I love it. And, and sales funnels are really, really important. Everybody's got to figure that out. All right. So last two questions for you. What is, if you lost everything today, what would you do to generate money in the next 30 days? What would you do? Yeah. So I kind of have already lived that because when I left the job that I had, I didn't have a plan. Things went sideways and I left and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I going to do? cried a whole bunch. That's how I started, whether I should or shouldn't have, but just all, all cards on table. So I, I reached out to everybody. I knew I didn't say, Hey, do you have a job? I just reached out. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And a lot of people called me and talked with me and I just listened. And I was literally asking every day, like, what should I do? What should I do? Like just trying to be present, get out of my own way. And then I for me, I had an aha around marketing automation and that I could serve my former self. So then I would say, put something together. Like now I've put my seven marketing basics course together. I couldn't do that at the time because I just didn't know enough. But if you can put something together, you can offer and then just go forward from there. So count on your network and then like one step at a time. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Cindy. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow up? Yeah. So I would say go to my website, kokoroinc.com, K-O-K-O-R-O, Inc, inc.com and check us out there, but maybe just grab my book. Um, you can get it for free. As I mentioned, you just pick up the shipping and that's seven, the number seven marketing basics book.com. And you can always find me on LinkedIn and Instagram at Cindy Zulsdorf. And I know my name's kind of crazy to spell, but 
we'll let you put that in the show notes if that's okay. That would be great. That would be great. Thank you so much, Cindy, for joining me. She is the president, founder, and a CEO of the Kakaro Marketing Agency. And you have been listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm Melinda Emerson. And I just want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.